This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is entitled, Share Your Story. God wants us to be a witness to share Jesus with others, especially when they're going through challenging times. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. I want to talk to you tonight for the few moments that we have. Um, Some weeks ago, I shared, uh, I think I did this both on a Tuesday night Bible study and on a Sunday because I, I did it on both days because of how important this element of what God has called us to do is and what I what he's called us to do. Uh, according to the scripture, is to be witnesses for him. As a matter of fact, the Bible clearly declares that God gives us the power of the Holy Spirit for the express purpose for us to be witnesses for his kingdom. Uh, He says um, in in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, just jot it down. It's not going to come up on the screen, but jot it down. It says, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, God empowers us with the Holy Spirit. And it says this, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This this is Jesus talking and he's saying to the disciples as he's ascending into heaven, he says, I'm going to give you power. And the purpose for that power is that you can be a witness for me. And he says, I want you to be a witness in Jerusalem. That means home right where you live, right where you are. Judea and Samaria, the outskirts of where you live, and then to the ends of the earth. He ultimately wants us to be a testimony, uh, share and be a witness for the glory of God. And it is a it is a component of what helps us and empowers you and I to help win the loss to Christ. I, I am passionate. I am on fire about helping to win people to Jesus. And I know that sometimes you come across people who act like they're not interested or who who act like they don't want to hear it. But here's what I want to tell you. There's a whole lot of people who do want to hear it. And we don't want you to allow the few who don't to stop you from speaking to the many that do. And that is the assignment that God wants to give to us. And, and, and the truth of the matter is God wants us to be a witness for him so that when somebody who, you know, you've been praying for reaches a a point of frustration and a a point of a challenge and a point of discouragement, of uncertainty, fear, whatever the issue is, God wants you and I to be able to be a witness to share Jesus with them. And I want to I want to give you. uh, uh, I'm going to go over something I've covered before and then I'm going into a part two of that to go into deeper detail about how to put a part of this in and incorporate it in your life and give you a method to be able to hopefully remember how to approach people who need the Lord. And I know there's a lot of you today that that recognize that uh, there are people that you know that need Jesus. And we want to hopefully talk to you uh, tonight about how to, I'm calling it share your story, how you can share your story, your testimony, how you can talk to people about what the Lord Jesus has done for you. So that's what we want to do. And it begins by me telling you even how to how to you how do you approach people? How do you even talk to them? And 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 so we've came up with this acronym that we use that uh, we've learned called bless, B L E S S. Each letter in the word bless represents and identifies a component of how you 
reach out to somebody who needs the Lord. Bless is what it stands for. And and we begin by saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's how it all starts off, that we have to show people that we care about them. We're concerned about their life. We're concerned about the, the drama, the pain that they're in. We're concerned about their fears, their anxieties, their frustrations, their issues, whatever it might be. We are concerned about them. And so this this word bless each letter represents a part of what it is that we are called to do in approaching people. And let's start with the word, the letter B. And the letter B stands for us beginning with prayer. Let's begin with prayer. Let's begin by praying for the person. Let's put them on our list even before we talk to them. Let's let's be people of prayer. I am a firm believer. That's why every week I, I take the time out and I pray because I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. I've seen God step into the domain of circumstances of my life and in circumstances and not just in my life. I've seen God do it in other people's lives. And so I believe in the power and essence of prayer. You'll never know how powerful God is and what he can do for you until you take the prayers or your prayer requests and put it on the altar and hold it up before him and begin to pray and watch God solve and answer your prayers. And so uh, the first thing we want to do in reaching people for the Lord is to begin with prayer. Letter B, very first thing, that's letter B, begin with prayer. Matter of fact, I think I've encouraged you to make a list of people you want to pray for. We talked about a frank list, F-R-A-N-C, just really quickly. Your friends, F-R, relatives, A, acquaintances, N, neighbors, C, co-workers. Friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, co-workers. Begin to pray for those people. Put them on your frank, put them on your list. Put, put the people you want to see saved and walking with God on your prayer list. I hope you have a list. I hope you put it, put it as a, a note in your, in, your, in your cell phone, in your smartphone. And when you pray, just call it up and say, let me go ahead and pray for these people. That's how I do it. That's what my, my practice is. Put, it, put those names of those people that you're concerned about and you believe in God for on, on your prayer list. Begin by interceding and praying for them and making that a lifestyle. And then what I believe that prayer is going to do is God's going to is going to create an opportunity for you to witness and talk to them. And what do you do when they when they reach out to you? Here's what you do. The L stands for listen to them. That's what the L stands for. Listen to them. Look for an opportunity to hear about their drama, to hear about what's frustrating them. And, and, and it's important for me to tell you, you don't listen to them so you can give them all the answers. Just show them that you care about them by listening to whatever it is their drama is, whatever it is that's frustrating them, paining them, causing them to be have anxiety or afraid or feel unloved or feel uncared for. Be a listening ear. And I think it's important. I want to say this again, that you don't try to give them solutions and answers. You just love on them. Matter of fact, I probably should make the L love sometimes. Just love on them by listening to them and maybe even go ahead and pray for them. Maybe you say, you know what, let me pray for you. What, one of the things we try to do at our church is we try to tell people on a, on a regular basis, uh, let's be people of prayer. Let's pray for people. Let's, I, don't have to, I can't give you an answer. I can't be God to you. I can't solve it for you. But what I can do is ask God to step into the circumstances of what you're going through. And praying for you. 
So the L stands for listen to them. Ask God to provide that opportunity. The E in uh, bless stands for eat a meal with them. Eat a meal with them. Look for an opportunity to dine with them. There's something powerful and profound about relationships that go to another level when a meal is shared. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, when people entered into a covenant relationship or a covenant agreement, it was always confirmed with a meal. And I want to encourage uh, you to look for an opportunity to take them out and just share a meal with them. And, and through that meal, you can express your love for them and your prayer for them and your concern for them. Pray and intercede for them even after you have the meal. So we're going to begin with prayer. We're going to listen to their problems and their challenges. Then we're going to eat a meal with them. So put that on your agenda. Believe God will make the resources available to you for you to be a blessing and to eat a meal with them. Something about the meal that takes the relationship to another dimension and level. And then there's two S's in bless. And the first S stands for serve a need they have. Again, I cannot tell you how important that is to look for a way and an opportunity to serve them. Whatever need they might have. And, and, and again, this is one of those ways that we really demonstrate our love and our care and our concern for them. And it's one of those ways that we really can win people to the Lord um, by serving a need that they have. Maybe, um, maybe they need some groceries. Maybe you can go to the grocery store and get some groceries for them. Maybe they need a babysitter and you can, you can say, I'll take care of your kids so you can go do X, Y, and Z that you need to do. Maybe they need to ride somewhere. And you have the resources to go pick them up and take them. This is the thing. This is one of the things that distinguishes believers, Christians. About Jesus said, by this shall men know that you're my disciples because of the love that you have. And I want to encourage you uh, and challenge you today to, for looking for opportunities to serve the people who you are praying for and believing God to do something significant in their lives. So, uh uh, look for those opportunities. And, and here's what I know. Our church has won so many people to the Lord because all of our 120 ministries that we have are assigned the task to finding needs in the community and serve them. And I'm so thankful that so many of our ministries are actively. Some do it monthly. Some do it weekly. Some do it quarterly. But they go and they find a need and they collectively and corporately go out together and collaborate. Many sometimes some of the ministries join together. And go and serve some needs. They're going to nursing homes and halfway houses and they're feeding the hungry and they're taking care of our seniors. There's just so many things that they're doing. They are tutoring kids in school. They are um, they're doing so many excellent things to show the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to look for things that you can do either with others or even by yourself. Or if you want to join in with one of the ministries and some of the stuff we're doing, we welcome you to be a part of that service. God will bless you and favor you because you are serving and helping to take care. And it is one of the significant ways that we demonstrate the love of God by helping people in need. How, what would you feel like if you were in a situation that you couldn't change, you couldn't fix, and, and somebody from the church came and helped you out? If you weren't a part of the church and somebody came and served you and helped you to get something done that you really wanted to be get done, 
that would be a profound, powerful, amazing, fantastic way to show the love of God. And and people will be people are impacted by that. So I, I would ask you, when's the last time you have served someone? When is the last time that you have gone and helped somebody do something significant with a need that they have? That's serving. And it is what the Lord calls us to do. So I want to challenge you today uh, as a lifestyle to make that a part of something on your agenda to do. Serve the needs of others. Then the last S in this S is what I want to dive into a little more deeply. And it's called share a story. Share a story. Tell and share something that has happened in your life or something that has happened in the life of someone you know. Of course, they give you permission to share it. There's something profound and powerful about a story. The Bible is clear and powerful. As a matter of fact, the Bible is a book of stories of things that God did, uh, of how God worked miracles, how God answered prayers, how God delivered people from challenges and problems and issues and and, and, and how God did the spectacular on their behalf. The children of Israel and Moses got down to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was, was chasing behind them to destroy them and to return them to slavery. And God opened up the Red Sea and they walked across on dry ground. And when they got on the other side, the scripture says Pharaoh's army tried to come after them, but they got drowned. God protected the children of Israel. And we can go on through story after story. We can talk about Daniel being cast in the lion's den. It's a story of how God showed his power and shut the mouth of the lions and kept him alive in the midst of hungry lions. We could talk about the three Hebrew boys who went into the fiery furnace, cast in the fiery furnace because they would not bow down to what the king wanted them to do. And God kept them alive in the midst of the fiery furnace. I can keep going on and on and on. I could talk about the blind man that Jesus spit on his eyes and opened up his blind, his blinded eyes. I could talk about Lazarus who died and, and was buried and Jesus went and called him forth out of the grave. We can go on and on the Bible is a book of stories and it is modeling for us that this is what we ought to share and guess what God has not stopped being a, a, a story working God he hasn't stopped performing miracles he hasn't stopped opening doors he hasn't stopped answering prayers he will do all of those things and so you look for the opportunity to tell a story and oftentimes, I bet you if, you, if if you kept a log, and one of the things I regret in my life that I didn't keep a log over all of those years of my life. I've been preaching for over 40 years. And God knows I wish I had kept stories of things that I saw God do in the church and in ministry and with people. How I saw him heal marriages. How I saw him heal people that the doctor said they would never get well. They were sick and there was nothing else that the doctors could do. I wish I had kept a journal of all of those incredible things that I see and know that God did. And even the things he's did in my own life. The prayers that he's answered. The things he's resolved in my own life. Matter of fact, I would encourage you to start, if you don't have a journal, start a journal and start keeping track of the spectacular things that God does for you and others because those testimonies will have an impact on other people's lives. Now, what I want to do today, I'm not going to take a long time. I want to talk to you about sharing your story. I want, I want, to, I want to dive in how to put your story together. And I want to give you a, an acronym to use uh, to help you remember the elements of the story. Uh, 
in, in John chapter nine, a blind man got healed by Jesus and and the uh, the fair, the religious community of the day was trying to find fault with Jesus. And they found this blind man and, and they tried to get the blind man to say something bad about Jesus and try to renounce him. And, and here's what the blind man said. Now, whether he, I, love, I love what the blind man said. This is in John chapter nine. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But here's what he said. All I do know is that I was blind, but now I can see. Isn't that profound? As a matter of fact, what I like about that blind man, at the end of his dialogue with them, he said to them, do you want to be one of his disciples? <laughs> do you want to follow this man that opened my blinded eyes? Here's a man who was born blind and everybody knew he was born blind. This man was blind from birth and everybody knew it. And the spectacular thing is that God, Jesus healed him, opened his eyes and they came to try to find some fault with him. But he gave a testimony. He says, I was blind, but now I see. That's a part of what a testimony is. You are testifying and sharing a story of what God did for you. And here's what I want you to do. Jot down these notes of these five components of you telling a story. They're simple and easy. And I have this acronym that I want to use. It's called PIPER. I want you to tell, be a pipe. Be a piper. I want you to play your pipe. And you play your pipe. You play your pipe by sharing your story. And every letter in Piper stands for a component of the testimony that you share. And I'm going to walk you through this, and I believe it's going to help you figure out what you should say and how you should say it. Here we go. Part number one. The first P in Piper stands for identify a point of your pain. A point of pain, a, pain, a, a point of a problem. Uh, uh, tell the, the essence of the pain you were having or the problem you were having. Something that was frustrating you or hurtful to you or discouraging to you. Think about in your life how God has done some things for you. And it, it's the point of pain. So that's the first P. The first P in this Piper word is think about a pain. A journey, an experience of pain. Secondly, is the letter I. And I stands, fat, stands for the impact of the situation you were in. How did that pain impact you? What, what was the call? What, what did that pain cause to happen in your life? What's the impact of that pain? What's the Im- impact of that pain being in your life? Pain. Impact. The I stands for impact. The impact of the situation. As a matter of fact, and I look back over my life and some of the circumstances in my life, I can think of a whole lot of painful situations and I can think of the impact. For me, the impact was usually internally, internally with how I felt, internally with how I valued myself, internally of of whether or not I felt I could move forward or do something in my future. And it it, it proved to me to be a a pain that discouraged me, frustrated me, depressed me. And you think about your pain, what you've gone through. Was it a marriage problem? What is, were the issues with your kids? Was it a sickness? And what was the impact of that pain? Share that with somebody. Don't be ashamed to share that. Here's how I felt about that. The second P in Piper stands for the power of God showing up. This is the, the second P in this story. Here's what God did. He showed up. And tell them how God showed up. How did the power of God show up? 
What did the power of God do? Because this is what's profound. This is what's powerful. Is that when you tell people, here's what God did. Here's, here's the door that God opened. And I know that only God could have opened that door up. Only God could have made that happen. Only God could have known how much money I needed. And a check came in the mail for the exact amount of money that I needed. Only God knew that I needed a job. And I didn't even apply for the job. But somehow or another, he brought somebody to me to tell me about the job. And he put me in that job. What and how did God demonstrate his power? And that's what people need to know. They need to know that God is all powerful. He has not lost his power, saints. God has not stopped being the sovereign God. He has all power in his hands and he's still working miracles and he will do it for you. He has done it for you. Some of you, if you would be honest, some of you saw God do stuff and you know it. It could have only been God that did it. There's some things that have happened in my life that you can't. Matter of fact, God has done so much for me. You cannot make me doubt him. You cannot make me question the existence of God. And I surmise that people who question the existence of God probably have found themselves uh, uh, not taking note and being attention, paying attention to the things that God has done for them in their life. And, I, and, I, and I, now here's the thing I want to tell you, encourage you, keep your eyes open because God is always moving and always doing things. And sometimes people are so bogged down with stuff and paying attention to other stuff that they fail to see the hand of God moving. His power is alive and well. And that's why I say with assurance today, you cannot make me doubt him. So, so. So uh, pull together in your testimony or in your story the power of what God did for you. Now, let me let me add this thing to, to you, too, because I want you to be crystal clear on this as well. Uh, sometimes people t- share the testimony of when they got saved. Uh, and that's fine. Your testimony of when you got saved and how you got saved is fine. But your story doesn't have to be just your testimony, your salvation experience. There's so many stories that God works in our life that we can tell. So when you're test- witnessing and trying to win somebody to the Lord, it doesn't have to be just your conversion story. It can be any kind of story. And it doesn't have to be yours. It can be somebody else's that, of course, they give you permission to share it. I love testimonies. I love, I'm looking for opportunities for our church to make that a part of our worship experience, to share the miraculous working, miracle working power of the God that we serve. So, so that first that first P is for the point of pain. Is the I is for the impact of the situation. The first, the second P is the power of God showing up and how he showed up and what God did on your behalf. Then the next letter is E, and it stands for the effect of God's work. Here's what God did and here's how it, what the effect of that was. Here's, here's what happened. Here is the effect of God opening that door. Here's the effect of me uh, getting healed. It allowed me to go get a job. It allowed me to do whatever it is I needed to do. Here's the effect of that check coming in the mail that, that um, uh, I didn't anticipate coming that helped me to pay a bill, help save my house, help keep me from turn, having my electricity turned off or whatever. Think of, just think about all of the miraculous things God has done and what was the ultimate effect of that. That's what the E stands for. So, so you, you want to identify and think through uh, the effect of God's working in your life. I, I am some of the effect of God working in my life doesn't really have to do with uh, 
God uh, paying a bill or God um, healing my body. One of the big effects for me is that it boosted my faith. It made me know and believe in the essence and power of Christ in my life. It, it built up my faith to bring me to a place in my life today that I, I don't question. I, I don't live my life on edge, nervous and scared about what's going to come in, what's going to happen tomorrow. Or any, any kind of a thing that comes, the way I approach it, because I've seen God do it enough. The impact, uh, the effects of seeing God do these things for me makes me say, I can't wait to see how God's going to work this out. I can't wait to see what miracle God's going to work or how he's going to solve it because I know he will. I know that God has not and will not allow me to get in a situation that he cannot solve. Matter of fact, there is no situation he cannot solve. You need to know that. You need to know that there's nothing you're going through and nothing the person you're witnessing to is going through that God doesn't have an answer for. He has a solution and an answer and and we just need to have the faith of that uh, to do that. And then here's the R in Piper. It stands for look for a response to an invitation to them. We want you to give them an invitation and wait for a response. This is, the, this is, the, this is how you close the deal with them. As you look for an opportunity to say to them, wouldn't you like to serve this God? I like the way the blind man, what the blind man said to, to those Pharisees and scribes who tried to make him question uh, the, the nature of who Jesus was and his power and might. He, he said to them, do you want to be a disciple of the Lord? I love that passage right there. Uh, read it in John chapter 9. He says, do you want to be a disciple? I love that. You, you have an assignment to look for that door and that opportunity when you share your story to invite them to in, enter into an engagement with Jesus. You don't have to be arrogant about it or proud or boastful or belligerent. Just say, you know, I, wouldn't you like to serve a kind of God that does these kinds of things for you? Wouldn't you, would, wouldn't you like to be forgiven of your sins? Wouldn't you like to have a relationship with a God who hears your prayers? And this is where most people lose their confidence and their ability to, to, to close the deal. And I'm saying to you today, close the deal. They don't have to come to church to get saved. They can get saved right there. Uh, or just say, well, if they don't want to, well, can I at least pray for you? But make sure you ask them. Make the uh, invitation to them and wait for a response. Don't block them up in the corner so that they can't respond. Give them the opportunity to respond and make sure the environment is such that they can uh, give a honest response. Don't embarrass them in front of a whole crowd of people that you're talking to. No, no. Just give them an opportunity in most cases in the privacy of you talking to that person and saying, would you like, would you like to Put your faith in Jesus. Would you like? And one of the keys is, would you like to be forgiven of your sins? Everybody needs to be forgiven of their sins. Everybody needs to be forgiven of their sins. Even if they don't think they've done sin, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So this is a simple pattern, a simple way uh, to live it out. And I'm, I'm, I am trying to with everything that I have to be passionate about challenging you and challenging 
our congregation and our people and our friends to be witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless them. Begin with prayer. Listen to their problems. Eat a meal. Serve a need. Share your story. And when you share your story, the, uh, the Piper model will help you figure out what you need to say. The P, the first P is what? Uh, we gave you that first P. It's the uh, point of pain. Tell them something that you've experienced that's painful. The I is the impact of that pain. The second P is the P that stands for the power of God showing up in your life. The E E is the um, effect of God working in your life. Here's what God did. And the R is uh, look for a response from an invitation that you extend to them. Simple as that. Write it down. Pin it in your Bible somewhere. Put it in your notes so that you can be a witness. And one day we'll all stand before the Lord Jesus and we'll have to give an account of how we have witnessed for his kingdom, how we have won people to the kingdom. And this will be one of those tools that you have picked up that will make all the difference in the world. In your in your telling your story. OK. Amen. All right. I'm going to uh, pause here and take some questions. Uh, if you have some questions, send them in. And I already have a few questions. Let me uh, go ahead and uh, take a look at those questions right here and try to answer some of these. Here's our first questions. Can you repeat the acronym for Frank and what each letter stands for? The Frank list that we call it are the people that um, you're going to pray for and reach out to for salvation. F-R-A-N-C. Frank, F for friends. F is for friends, your friends, the people you grew up with, the people you interact with. And I'm sure you have friends, people that you love and care about who don't know the Lord Jesus, who need Christ in their life. The F stands for friends. The R in friends and Frank stands for your relatives, baby and them, (laughs) your children, your sons and daughters, your uncles and aunts, your parents, your 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 cousins. It's your it's your relatives. It's your relatives that you want to reach out. The A is the acquaintances. Who are the acquaintances? These are people, maybe you don't hang out with them, but you know who they are, or you see them, or you know their face. You might not even know their name, but you know their face. You see their face, and you know who they are. And God is calling for you to reach out to them. Pray, begin praying for them. Do the bless, bless them. Look for opportunities to bless them. And hopefully one day God will give you an opportunity to give them a Piper story. So make that your goal and your essence to try to do that. Uh, um, uh, let's see. Friends, uh, relatives, acquaintances. And the end in Frank is your neighbors. Some of us are so busy with our, our life that we run past the people who live right next door. We have no level of relationships. Many people don't even know the people's name that live next door to them. And God wants to slow us down and start loving on these people and start blessing these people who live right in your community, your neighbors. Be a blessing to them. And then the C in Frank, F-R-A-N-C, instead of a K, C means your coworkers, the people that you work with every day. The people who you interact with and do job, do your work with, your coworkers. Statistics tells us that over 80% of Americans in this country don't go to anybody's church, are not engaged in any kind of spiritual activity. 80, over 
many of those people want to be want somebody to talk to them, somebody that they can see the real love of Jesus Christ in them. And God has empowered you and I to be the tools and the instruments that he empowers us to do that. Matter of fact, I read to you Acts chapter one, verse eight, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit and he will give you power to be witnesses for him. He wants us to be witnesses for him. All right. I got a whole slew of questions. Let me go to the next question. What is the name of the book that you wrote on how to pray? I couldn't find it in the book. So I have not written a book on prayer. I've done a lot of teaching on prayer and a lot of models of prayer. And if you call our, our bookstore, the First Baptist Church of Glenarm, uh, 301-773-3600, 301-773-3600, and talk to our bookstore, they can tell you some of the lessons I've taught on it. But I have not put it in a book. Might not be a bad idea. I've done multiple models of prayer. Um, that they can give to you. So call them and they'll tell you. Uh, when it is said to not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, why is it sometimes we are not to share our testimonies? I, I'm not sure um, when, it, when, uh, when you ask what, when should we not share our testimony. I, I don't know when you shouldn't tell your, share your testimony. I think we should all be proud and courageous enough to share what the Lord has done for us. I am not sure where uh, it has been heard that you shouldn't share your testimony. That is certainly not uh, anything that we teach at our church. Uh, if you misunderstood something I said, uh, that wasn't my in, in the, uh, uh, intent to tell you not to share your story. Uh, what I am trying to tell you, though, is not to try to embarrass a person into salvation in the front of a whole group of people. Uh, I'm trying to tell you to talk with people one on one as best you can. Uh, most people are not going to make a decision or a commitment um, in a in an open setting where people are watching and observing them, unless they're in church and you're giving a you know just a, a salvation appeal or rededication in a church setting. But I'm just talking about where you dialogue. And by the way, let me talk about this too for a minute. I almost forgot. I'm encouraging you not to argue or debate pe with people about biblical things. There's always somebody who want to ask some question. You know, where did where did um, Cain's wife come from? Which you know, just these tough questions they call them. And it's obvious that Cain must have uh, married and his sister because there was nobody else on the planet. So, but sometimes people want to get. Um, uh, sometimes people want to get into. The, these debates and my encouragement to you is don't debate people. Debate never wins anybody to Jesus. Debate never wins people to Christ. So don't debate people. If people want to argue and fight with you. Pray for them. Just say, I'll pray for you. And you can say like like the blind man. I don't know whatever it is you talk about. All I know is here's what Jesus did for me. And share your story. I was in pain and it caused me to the impact of it was devastating. But God showed up in my life. And saved me and delivered me and healed me or resolved my issue. And my life has never been the same. Don't you want to serve him too? So I just went through Piper real quick, just like doing just like that. So don't don't debate. Don't argue with people. Just do that. OK, here's another question. Do we follow these steps all at one time or is this something that takes some time to do? It depends on the person that you're dealing with. Sometimes you, it might work that you can give all of the Piper thing at one time or all of the bless at one time. It, it, sometimes it works that it's over a period of time. So let the Holy Spirit lead you. Sometimes you might start and have a meal with somebody, but you might not get into a situation to serve them for weeks later or months later. Normally, that's kind of how it works. 
Uh, it may be a while before you have that opportunity to uh, share your story with them. So let the Holy Spirit create the opportunities for you and he'll prompt you. The Spirit of God will prompt you to say, tell them your story now or prompt you. Go, go serve them. You see that need? Go do it. He'll, he'll, he'll prompt you and give you direction so it doesn't have to all be done uh, at the same time or at the same day. Uh, do you recommend writing your piper down so you can practice at not being too long winded? Absolutely. <laughs> they don't want you to preach an hour long sermon to them. Yes. Great question. Yeah. Write it down. Get it. Matter of fact, I would tell you to write several stories down. Have several inst- instances that you can share of how God has answered your prayer and how God has worked out and stepped in on your behalf. Have several of them because I, I know without even knowing who's all on this this uh, Bible study tonight, whoever you, I know that God has done multiple things for you in your life. And I would tell you to write many of them down and be, be ready to call upon some of those things when they come up. Because God, God wants us to be witnesses for him. And just like the Bible is full of these spectacular stories, you have spectacular stories in your own life. And so, yeah, write it down and don't try to tell the whole thing at one time. Don't try to tell them all the stories. Try to be brief. What is an alternative to sharing a meal during COVID-19? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we certainly want to keep our social distances at this time and during this season. Um, uh, so I would encourage you to look for just opportunities to commune with them uh, distantly. So phone calls, FaceTime. FaceTime is a good thing or a Zoom call or uh, uh, whatever kind of uh, video um, uh, apps you can use to connect with them visually would be my encouragement to you. So, yeah, we, we don't encourage you during this season to, to, uh, uh, to try to eat a meal you can't. So uh, look for other ways to connect with them. And I think video, uh, doing a video would be great. If you don't have a story that connects directly to the person's point of pain, what should you say? Yeah, it, it doesn't always have to be an exact point of pain correlation. It's just the fact that God brought deliverance to you is what you can share. So um, the glory of the thing is that you were in pain from whatever caused it and God brought, God brought you out. That's the power of it. So it doesn't have to be the exact same thing. It doesn't have to be the exact uh, correlating Incident, but the fact is that God did something on your behalf. That's what I would tell you. What do you do when you have neighbors that purposely avoid you when you try to witness? You got to pray. Put them on your prayer list. Look for opportunities to listen to their drama. Try to share a meal with them. Those are all the things you do even before you mention Jesus. See, a lot of churches make the problem. Christians make the problems of they just they're Jesus freaks. And every time you talk to them, it's, they're talking about Jesus all the time. You, you prepare the way to share Jesus with people by blessing them first. It is the first, it is the, the B-L-E-S. It is the praying for them, beginning with the prayer, listening, eating a meal, and serving them. That opens up the door for you to be able to share a story with them. So try to do all of those things to them. Make it a make it a business. Make it a, a project to serve them. Show them the love of God. You don't, and you don't have to say anything about Jesus. You model Jesus. The best way we could communicate Jesus is to model it by how we treat people. 
By this shall men know that you're my disciples because you got love. It's you loving on them that makes the difference. So if you got you got neighbors like that, love on them. Ask God to give you opportunities to serve them. Go go shovel their driveway, cut their grass, buy them groceries, uh, fix a meal for them, invite them over to, for a meal. Do figure out ways to show the love of God without talking about the love of God and badgering them. And over time, I guarantee you, they're going to see there's something different about you. They're going to see that you, 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 you walk differently, live differently than other people live. And you are modeling Christ to them. That's what I would tell you to do. How often should you reach out or witness to others? Has the spirit of God lead you? It, it, you, never, you never can serve too much or you never can love on people too much. You never can do that too much. So you do it as often as you can. I think that's an important thing to do because that's what wins people to Jesus. I didn't answer a ton of questions here today. My time is coming to an end. And I want to thank you all for listening to me. I, I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope that you're getting it. Get this thing. And I hope you incorporate it into your life. That God will make you understand that he's calling you and I to be witnesses for him and he will give you power. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you so you can be a witness for his kingdom. That's what it's all about. Us being able to share the love of Christ with broken, bruised, sad, depressed, discouraged, frustrated, sick people, sinners, backsliders, people who have doubts and are unsure. He's called us to reach them. He's called you and I to reach them, and you can do it. I encourage you to join me in that endeavor. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. One day, we'll have to stand before Jesus and give an account of how we have won people to the kingdom. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.